Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way. I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturated, creator of pro-metabolic food supplements and seriously saturated skincare. And today we've got the gorgeous, our gorgeous friend, Meg Langston, back on the podcast. I just love her. She's beautiful on the inside and the out, and we've had her on the podcast numerous times. Welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, God, we were just saying, we're like, we've known each other for like- Years now, at least three, I think three years. I think it has to be years. Yeah, three or four years. How crazy. And we're just talking about what's happened- in the last few years and just how the time goes and, you know, Meg's had a bit of problems with her bloody house, the poor thing. I think yeah. Fallon had some issues with her house too, didn't she? I saw. We literally were texting this morning. I was like, yeah. how, what's going on with blah, blah, blah. What's going on with blah, blah, blah. Cause we were just yeah. like kind of both in the heat of dealing with mold. Yeah. She's still got it going on. She, she has leakage, like plumbing mm. issues. She's oh been able to stay on top of it. Yeah. Um, but that's all, like, I totally know that what live, like, what exactly, like, is yeah, yeah. going on. With but, yeah. But, yeah, it's crazy. Wow. I'm, you know, like, sometimes I'm really glad we bought a new house, you know, like, that still has the building warranty and shit, like, the seven years. Like, you're right. If you buy an old house, you just don't know. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, and I'll just share this quickly, not that this is a mold podcast, but this is something for if you're listening and you're like, wait a second, Mag, I've been following you with the mold story. Yeah. The big thing here is that, I had an older home, which was actually a huge blessing because my mold coverage for insurance was like 10 to 14,000 US dollars. And our asbestos coverage was 30 to $40,000. And so we had such a large number, uh, square footage of asbestos in our house that we were actually able to get the coverage, like more coverage on our, on our home, which was a wow. huge blessing because they were only our, I mean, our remediation had to cost like $70,000 with the square footage of our home and how much they had to take out. Yeah. And th- I mean, there's no way the 10 to $14,000 of just the mold that wouldn't have worked out. So we were lucky. <laughs> Wow. I'm so glad you're hopefully nearly at the pointy end of it. You poor thing. Yes. We're close. We're close. But you know, it's, I've been very grateful to know about my menstrual cycle because now I'm at least like able to be like, okay, this is not healthy. Here's how I adjust. Because even somebody that knows about their health, it's not like you're able to just like, you know, not, you you know about your health. So you're never going to have stressors in your life. Oh, no. So it's been very, I'm grateful to share my knowledge because I feel like it is while you're in this, the promising of just like tribulations in your life that are going to come to everybody, you can hopefully learn more about it to be able to like navigate and mitigate the stressors that, you know, are already going to impact your body and hopefully like cause less harm or hormonal imbalances. So I really, I really like that too. And I've been through stressful times and I notice I'm like, oh, I have a shorter cycle, shorter luteal yep. phase, or a spot, or I get sore boobs. I'm like, okay, you know, you've pushed it too far, Kitty. Yep. You need to just pull it back. And yeah, it's, it is really, it doesn't mean that you never have stress or, you know, there's things shit like this that happens. It's like, it's quite extreme, you know, yeah. quite oh like, yeah, it's very, and you sort of like, well, there's nothing I can do about it, really. Like you like can't yeah. change what's happening. <laughs> but yeah. it's, um, but it's, I think too, a lot of, the, and some of the things that we'll talk about that will help you build resilience. You know, obviously when it's stressful time, don't under eat, make sure you're eating, you know, fuck, like try. Yeah, I think because there's yeah. just, there's stress and then you can, um, it can be worse if you starve yourself and, you know, don't, you know, this other, anyway, we'll talk about that. But I want to get me yeah. on to talk all about the menstrual cycle. So menstrual cycle 101. And yeah. 
<laughs> why you know yeah. it's a sort of you know like uh what's her name she wrote that book the fifth vital sign so it's like yeah. uh, lisa hendrickson yes. hendrickson jacks that's a great book i've had her on the podcast too um so oh. just make because i think a lot of women come into my program especially and i was the same like i took the fucking pill for so long so many years just didn't really understand, you know, like why that was not a great thing and the importance of ovulation and making progesterone and how my cycle was a really good reflection into what was happening in my life and my overall one marker, you know, but I just thought it would be great. We can just do a basic yeah, crash course in the menstrual cycle. Yeah. yeah. Like, can you talk about like, why is having a menstrual cycle important, even if you don't want to have babies? Yeah, absolutely. It, mm. And I, I see this jokingly every time I talk about the cycle, So, but it's like, it truly is like a power that women have, and it may make us more superior because we have it. Like men do not have it. So I'm just saying like, we have this gift that we know. And it's such a shame that, you know, doctors will just shut it off with something like a birth control, especially when it comes to symptom management, when Mm. it's really like we can actually use our cycle. And the reason why it's so important to understand our cycle is because it actually is our body talking back of saying, like you said earlier, oh, I hit it too much. This is too much stress. And Mm. then in my case, you know, I can't back off the stress, but I can know, ooh, okay, I'm actually spotting mid cycle. I need to adjust this way because that's what it means. And so this is where I got to pay more attention to because it's my body and cycle talking that way. So mm-hmm. I would say that if you're, you know, kind of familiar, like you're tracking, I feel like most women that are like, yeah, you know, I know, I, I know mean, my let's, cycle. Let's just pretend that they don't know. Cause like our point, yeah. we attract a lot of women who may not. So just give a quick crash course on like, like what, what it is in the cycle, why ovulation is important. Because I think that's yeah. what, what a lot of what women don't understand is like the value in ovulating and why that's important. So just quickly. Yeah. Talk about that. yeah. Okay. So yeah. When we're talking about a cycle, we're not just talking from period bleed to period bleed. We're talking about, well, we are, but we're not just talking about the bleed. What we're really talking about is the biggest event, which is ovulation. Ovulation is the biggest event in a woman's cycle because of the hormones that it produces afterwards, which which is progesterone, which has an abundance of... um, uh, different impacts like um, a calming anxiety, supporting the thyroid, and also opposing estrogen, which I would say most women actually tend to be estrogen dominant. So a quick cycle of like what it looks like and what's normal is what should happen is FSH. So there's two um, hormones, FSH and LH. If you've ever tried for a baby, you probably are familiar with these hormones. FSH signals to your Um, By the way, I'll quickly give you the terms and go over it. And then we'll back off from there. I just want to give you some terminology. So you have some idea of what's going on. So FSH signals to your body that, or your, I'm sorry, your, um, your follicles and your ovaries, Hey, we need to start maturing an egg. So as the FSH uh, uh, starts to mature an egg, then it's this, this follicle will start to increase estrogen. As estrogen increases throughout the body, appropriately so, right around ovulation, our cervix glands start to produce something called cervical mucus. There's different levels of cervical mucus. There's EL, I like to think of it as like low estrogenic and ES estrogenic. That's important to have the difference and understanding the difference of the um, cervical mucus, which we'll talk about in a second, um, because it is a signal of health. So the FSH is uh, signaling and stimulating this um, 
immature egg and follicle. The follicle will uh, stimulate estrogen. The cervix gland will produce cervical mucus. And then estrogen will get so high that it'll actually signal another brain hormone, LH, to then release an egg. And that main event of the body is called ovulation. And so when ovulation is occurring, then what will also happen is the body will take that, that, um, that, that, uh, follicle that was matured and it will develop into something called a corpus luteum. That corpus luteum, it's, if it's sufficient enough and enough and hormones were enough, it will then produce that hormone progesterone. Your body will stay dry and that progesterone will, will, dry up that cervical mucus, that cervical mucus will go away. We'll have dry days and then period of bleed again. So just so you hear, that's the hormone. So what it looks like is a healthy cycle looks like, I would say four to seven days of period bleed, dry mm -hmm. days, crucial to have those dry days. It's not talked about enough mm -hmm. cervical mucus. Then you ovulate back to dry days and a period day. That's mm -hmm. what it should look like. Looks like a unhealthy cycle can look like period cervical mucus, um, then dry days and cervical mucus, then dry days, then cervical mucus, and then period, um, maybe spotting. Um, but there's lots of different actually variations of what an unhealthy cycle can look like, but that's one what, of them. What Meg would you say is typically the range for a cycle, healthy cycle, the range of days? Yeah, I would say um, anywhere from 28 to 32 days is typically that within the healthy range. Uh, I think that really trying to get to 28 days is actually the best right in the cycle middle there. Um, but anything can, you can still have a healthy cycle and just be delayed ovulation just a little bit. Maybe you, you know, had a glass of wine right around ovulation and that delayed it. So your cycle length is going to be, um, uh, in, uh, indicative of the timing in which you have, uh, your ovulation. Mm -hmm. So yeah, follicular phase is your first half luteal phase is your last, last half. And then you have ovulation. So mm -hmm. what is going to tell you whether you have a long cycle or a short cycle is the, when you ovulate, right. o ovulating is going to turn into that uh, second phase of your cycle, that last half your luteal phase. So anytime it's super long or super, well, super long, you're looking at delayed ovulation. Um, and then anytime it's super short, you're looking at a shorter luteal phase. And so would you say outside of that range, like should women be worried? Like if, you know, like for me, for example, I'm about 27 days, 26 mm -hmm. days sometimes, because sometimes I notice that I'll ovulate a day or two early is more. Yeah. No, I wouldn't be worried about it. If it's any, uh, anything outside of those days, that's not something that you have to be worried about. Um, in terms of like, again, anything outside of, I would say 26 to 32 days, you don't need to be worried. Um, if it's something like 24 days, 23 days, 22 days, and you're seeing it, the cycle days get shorter and shorter and shorter. You're thinking, what what's going on if it's getting to 34 36 40 52 days then mm. you're asking yourself what's going on and then again whether it's a short cycle or a long cycle is going to be indicative of what whether it's ovulation is an issue or mm. if it's that your luteal phase is too short does that make sense it totally makes sense um and so uh what in terms of blood loss what's the mm -hmm. range of normality for blood loss 
So blood loss, I would say that you're, it, it depends on, you know, everybody, but I would say that you really are looking to fill up anywhere from uh, two to three tampons or a collection of blood, anywhere from 35 to 80 milliliters is what yep. a typical blood amount should be. Yeah. So 30 obviously depending on, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And outside of that, obviously too light is an issue. Really heavy is an issue too. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so the days typically, I think you said four to seven. Four to seven days. Yeah. Okay. So a, a typical period bleed of what is normal and healthy is a normal period bleed should be anywhere from four to seven days. Some mm. people will say three. I, I deeply believe that if you have three or less, that there's other issues going on. I've never met anybody that's completely healthy and has a three day cycle. So mm. I would say four to seven days. Um, and then, um, the other thing that's going to be important is that you're aiming to have that follicular phase again, not that delayed ovulation anywhere from 10 to 23 days. And mm -hmm. you that middle of the length of ovulation, you really do want to anywhere from 14 to 15, um, on your cycle day. So cycle day, meaning the start one of your period cycle mm. day, one is uh, day period. And then cycle day, two, three, four, right. And mm. then you go on to the cycle day 28. So when we're talking about where the days we're talking about, obviously cycle day, you know, anywhere from 14 mm. to, you know, um, attend, uh, we know, I would say, I honestly, I would say 15 is really the goal 14 mm. to 18. We see being also really healthy for ovulation. Mm. Okay, cool. So next question. So let's talk about like a quite a light flow. What could be the potential issue or quite a heavy flow? What could be the issue? Yeah. So ultimately what we're thinking is when there is not enough um, hormones in general, it, it does go back to the whole cycle. I think a lot of the times it, it we, um, we go so heavily on a short, you know, a short period bleed means some people will say low estrogen. I think let's look at iron <laughs> dysregulation or really long heavy bleed only means estrogen dominance. But mm. I think the more I do this, Kitty, I've actually changed how I really can, you know, mm. paid attention to this because whether it's short or whether it's long, mm. it, that what we actually need to really pay attention to is getting our hormones to be sufficient enough and meeting the foundations. And if you know that it's like, let's say short, what you're doing to adjust that is actually not different. Um, but being able to know what's normal is I think more important versus like what it says. Do you know what I'm saying? I this used is, to spend, yeah, go for it. Oh no. So, so, so what you're saying, I think this is what I'm saying is that if it's light and short and if it's long and heavy, it's, there's an imbalance somewhere. There's like, an imbalance. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter. I think so. Cause you know, I, there's a lot of debate and I have a lot of mixed feelings where I would say that there's not ever really low estrogen. It's probably iron dysregulation. So yeah. I would say that it doesn't necessarily matter. What matters that, you know, what's normal, you know, the normal ranges are anywhere from period bleed to being four to seven days. If it's mm -hmm. over or if it's under, you need to start asking yourself why I don't think it's as important to label as it is to know Somewhere down the road, my yeah. hormones are not sufficient enough to have the healthy pattern of bleed, dry yeah. days, bleed. And, so so yeah. would you say maybe potentially then like low, less like light bleeding in less days is you're not making adequate hormones. And then if you're bleeding very heavily, maybe you're dominant in one like yes. high estrogen, yeah. low progesterone. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That yes, that yes, lower, yes, lower days, potentially you're going to be lower that I don't know if that's always the case because you have to look at the body as a whole and there could be reasons why the period is lower. It, mm. it was insufficient enough to have a full period bleed. Mm. Um, but 
Um, but I don't, I wouldn't get too worried about the labeling other than this is abnormal. I know that this is the normal range and outside of this normal range of 47 days, let's say in period bleed, I need to start digging into what that is. And mm. when it comes to digging, it always goes back to the foundations part of it. Are you eating enough? You know, yeah. are you resting? Are you sleeping versus just labeling? And, and the just labeling is not necessarily going to change the way that you support the insufficient or over hormones. Does what that make that sense? It all comes back to doing the basics. It all comes, yeah. it all comes back to it. I so love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to give all these little details, but yeah. you know, the more I've learned, and especially if you're like, hold on a second, I can't remember this. It's like, it doesn't matter if you're yeah. hearing what's normal and you're hearing what's abnormal, yeah. then you need to know, Ooh, alarms going off. This is actually abnormal. So yeah. I need to start figuring out how to support it. A label is not necessarily going to get you the results that you want, yes. but knowing the abnormalities in the cycle is going to help you be able to express, I need to support my body more. And mm -hmm. what does that look like? Well, it totally makes sense. So I think about some of the different types of women that come into our program, like we'll have women that are very, like I used to be, so overtraining, not eating enough, they're small, you know, and their cycles are really light or they've got no period. And then you've got women who have gained a lot of weight and they've got really heavy, you know, cycles. Yeah. But we all get them to do the same thing is like, you know, the the the, the big heavy women that are, they're binge eaters. So they under eat, but then they binge eat and eat shit food and they have accumulated all this excess body fat. But we all get them to track their food and eat the right amount of calories for their specific body, you know, for, for, where, for whatever their goal is, you know, yeah. eating regularly, eating the carrot salad, lowering stress, it's the same. And then they all come back into the middle again. What This one gets a period back and it's within the normal range and this one stops the heavy bleeding. Yeah, is that, yeah. Is that, yeah, so that's what you're saying, Absolutely. basically. Yeah. And I'm not trying to oversimplify things. No, it's no, just no. The body is so complex yeah. that I think even myself early on in my practice in the last yeah. year, I would say really just the last like learning FEM, I actually became a FEM certified teacher to be able to do this stuff. Yeah. I was like, hold on a second. Why am I educating so much on articulating low progesterone or high estrogen when yeah. actually the same things that we need to do to get yeah. you there? It's, I just need you to know what's normal, what's abnormal. And then, so, and then, and then yeah. And so that's why I, I typically have now been starting out with like education of like, these are the hormones. This is what a normal cycle looks like abnormal yep. where before I think I spent so much time, low progesterone, excess estrogen. I think it's very, and I don't think that's as helpful for you, but I do think it's important to know like basal body temperature and things like that, because then you can start to think thyroid. Mm. And that makes so much sense. And I just did a podcast with Laura um, you know, Laura, yeah. uh, and we just talked about estrogen excess and everything came back to the same thing. Like she said, all my clients before they even do labs or anything, all have to do the foundational work first because it's pointless. And they all do the same shit that we talk about. It's the same thing that we do in our program to help yeah. them change their body composition and improve their health markers. So it's yeah. just, so, and like you say, it's not like we're trying to oversimplify it, but at the end of the day, if you're not sleeping, if you're not eating adequate protein, if you're not getting enough calories in, if you're under eating and overeating, if you're drinking too much alcohol, if you've got so much stress in your life, there's not a supplement or a blood test or a something that's going to, you're going to be able to do that's going to magically fix that. Um, yeah. So that's. So I think it's, yeah. And I think that's so true. And I, so I, I just want to repeat it one more time. So it's like very like clear of like yeah. what if you're like, I'm getting lost. So I yeah. just want you to hear that this would be what a normal cycle length is, mm -hmm. is that or a normal cycle is that you are bleeding anywhere from four to seven days. Yep. You have dry days and those dry days are anywhere from two to seven days. Those dry days are important. Then you start to have cervical mucus. 
that low estrogenic mucus to high estrogenic mucus, that matters to have that pattern, which I can go into. Then we have ovulation. And that cycle of estrogenic mucus to ovulation should be anywhere from three to seven days of estrogenic mucus. Mm. Then you ovulate. That should be, you're, you're hitting right around mid-cycle there, cycle day 15. And then you have dry days again until your period. That is a normal cycle. If you're hearing that and you're like, wait, it's like, I don't have any of that. I have cervical mucus throughout my cycle. I start my period or after I finish my period, I have cervical mucus. I don't have any cervical mucus. My, I don't, I basically ovulate. And then two days later, six days later, get my period again. Those are all abnormal timeframes. It makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I love that. It's really good. Um, and okay, cool. All right. So that's a good, the cycle one I want. Okay. So what are some foundational pieces that women can do to support their body to have a normal cycle? Can I go into the cervical mucus really of course, quickly? Actually, sorry, <laughs> you're right. You're, oh, there's our bloody dogs going off. Sorry. Go, she's no, like, she say to me, but I really want to talk about the cervical, cervical mucus. Sorry, sorry. Go. I only want to talk about it because I didn't realize how important these patterns were until I did FEM and was like, oh, I actually miss this in my clients. And this is the only thing where I would say matters to pay attention to versus uh, not the only thing. I, no, no, no. I feel like it's the really, like when I see it, I'm like, it's I know the bigger like, thing that I knew yeah. about. Yeah. This is a bigger deal than I knew about. And I would say that cervical mucus pattern is a direct indication of whether hormones were sufficient enough. Mm. And that is actually going to indicate whether your period is luteal phase is long enough and yes. period is long enough, because that's all to do with the right stimulation that happens right around S, uh, your ovulation. When mm. we have enough hormones for ovulation, then we will have a healthy corpus, uh, corpus luteum, progesterone, longer cycle, period bleed, right? So mm. that's why I'm talking about the cervical mucus, because it's actually your first indication of, ooh, now that I see that my cervical mucus is going you know, healthy or not healthy, and I can kind of make that judgment of how to adjust. So if you're looking at cervical mucus or discharge, um, then what, again, it matters to have those dry days. That is actually enough progesterone, which dry, dries up that cervical mucus pattern. That's actually a considered a mucus. Dry days is considered a mucus because it's called a G mucus to, to keep that nice and dry cervix. Um, and then we have um, the start of EL music, mucus which is low estrogenic mucus that looks like sticky, creamy. Um, it is, it's, uh, it is not stretchy at all. Um, it'll look like kind of lotion in your underwear. And then as it increases in a healthy amount, so anywhere you're looking from two to three days of EL mucus, low estrogenic music mucus, as estrogen increases, then you have that ES mucus. And that ES mucus is going to be very slippery. Yeah, it's going to be big whitey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just walk. Yeah, it's the good stuff. Yeah, yeah it, it is the good stuff. Yeah. It is the good stuff. It is the most, you know, fertile mucus and can make doing it really great, you know? So- yeah. Um, it is, it is the, that when we talk about peak mucus, if you've ever heard that peak fertile mucus, it's that ES mucus, it gets that sperm right where it needs to go when you're trying to have a baby. So it's really important that you go from that creamy, sticky, um, you know, lotiony to that slippery lubricative, um, mm -hmm. and egg white mucus. And without that pattern and, um, sufficient time. So that slippery mucus should any be anywhere from again, two to three days, around that time, give or take. So you're looking at anywhere from three days to seven days of cervical mucus. 
that's what you're looking for that pattern. And again, that matters for ovulation because that's saying that estrogen is not rising too quickly and going right to that ES mucus. It's going to that ELES. E-S. Ooh, LH, drop the egg. And then when we have that nice stimulating cervical mucus with those dry days, we have enough corpus luteum, or a, a nice solid, well-formed corpus luteum. And then we have enough of a progesterone, which is, again, is going to give us that long, lit, nice luteal phase. And I would say anywhere under, you know, 10, 12 days is where you're looking. 10 kind of pushes it. I would say closer to 12 days is where I like it to be mm-hmm. um, of your luteal phase before your your um, period. So again, post-ovulation to period is going to be that luteal phase, that post-ovulatory phase. No, that's so, really good. And I feel that's like- it. I like, talk about it. <laughs> no, it's great because I think like before I learned all about this, I was like, oh, what is this discharge? Like you don't realize. I thought it was, I thought it was sick. I was like so embarrassed by it. I was like, I wish it was gone. And when I was on the pillow, it was gone. And I remember actually being like, oh, I haven't had that stuff in a while. Thank God. Like, yeah. cause it was so embarrassing. And now I actually had my husband tell me when we were at dinner, he was like, please don't talk cerv- about cervical mucus. Cause a girl was like, I want to get off the pill. And I was like, Oh, well, let's go there. And he's like, please don't talk about cervical mucus. I'm like, everybody here should know about it. It's so funny though. Now, like, cause I stress really affects my cycle. Like I really notice it if I've been like, really, we've, we've worked a lot or had a stressful period, like that same thing. You don't notice that you don't make as much cervical mucus. My cycle is shorter. Sometimes I'll have spotting. Um, and then I don't lose as much blood. So obviously just not make the stress. It's not making as much hormones. Like I've never, it's never the, I'm never have really heavy cycles, you know, like yeah. that back yeah. in the day when I was all fucked up, but, um, yeah. it's just so interesting now. Like, I just know, like, I'm like, oh, you didn't have a, like as normal cycle as you would with the right amount of bleeding, you know, it's just so interesting. And you're like, oh, look, I already know I've been pushing it too much, you know, yeah. and you just have to yeah. adjust a bit and, but it's just such an interesting, and now even, this is so gross. People will be like, I can't believe I'm going to say this on a podcast, but sometimes I'll like, like get it in between my fingers. Oh, I'll yeah. Be, Look at this good cervical because Yes. No, yeah, but that's, that's gross. That's yeah. Gross. That's the way like a, a certified fertility awareness method would have you check. So if you're curious, if you're not getting it, you actually can do it with obviously clean hands internal yeah. and put it from your face and you're like, oh, look yeah. at this kid. It's like that and real actually, you're like, yeah. You'll notice a lot too after a bowel movement because as you're bearing down, cervical mucus yeah. will kind of go down. And with you, wipe, it. you wipe your ass and you notice it's really like wet and like. Yeah. Then you're like, cool. Am I yes? Or not? I wouldn't necessarily touch that one and just that one. But, you know, I guess each their own. There's something called soap, you know, but um, yeah, no, it, it truly is. It's so powerful. And I, I really have loved learning so much more about cervical mucus because I feel that's what's really made me simplify the way I explain things versus going so, oh, that means low progesterone. That means spotting, you know, means again, low progesterone, you know, yeah. short, as long, because yeah, I'm like, you know, the same. You have to do the it same doesn't really matter. You yeah. guys have enough, you're not even drinking enough water at this point, or you're not even like, you know, sleeping you're or eating enough. Eating yeah. yeah. You're, yeah. You're, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, let's just worry no. about like, are you noticing cervical mucus? Do you notice yeah. a pattern? Can you kind of tell me when that is? Does it dry up? You know, yeah. how long does yeah. your period bleed? Because outside of that, as a practitioner, well, not even as a practitioner, I mean, you don't, I, I don't want to say that because I'm trying to empower you to know that you don't have to know as much to make changes mm-hmm. when you know it's, when you know the dysfunction well, you know is what to look for, I think. And you understand yeah. the basic level, what it actually means. And then you can go, okay, now I can support my body better. Um, and I think, I think too, like, you know, like they teach you in fam, 
like, you know, you've got the basal body temperature shift after you ovulate, you've got the cervical position. I can never find the cervical position. I'm like, no, I never always for me, it's just the, the temp and the um, cervical mucus. Like, yeah, like I can never so, feel up there and feel like that. Oh yeah. I actually, I'm a, I really think it's so important for women to do basal body temperature. I was very surprised in the fact that a uh, femme teaching doesn't do, they mm. only do cervical mucus and oh, their yeah. thing. Yeah. They do not do any basal body temperature. They only pack. So I like was really religiously like always having to do quizzes yeah. on cervical mucus yeah. and um, which that's why I like it so much. I'm like, Oh, that is really powerful. But from a perfect practitioner point of view, you know, or even you, if you're empowered of your trying to learn your own health, I think it's helpful to take your oral temperature because then you can say, wait a second. And just so you hear me, the follicular phase, you really want it to be anywhere from like, I would say 97.6 or Mm -hmm. higher. And I would say, and that's like, you know, in the lower end, but above that, you know, or, um, you know, 98.4, somewhere around there, 98.6. Um, so anything above that 96.4, 96.5, 90, you know, in that follicular phase or 90, and then your luteal phase, 97.2, you know, anything like that is you're, you're, you know, you're going lower and what lowers your basal body temperature is your thyroid. So then we can start to say, this is abnormal. I heard Meg one time say it was about thyroid. So now I need to start going to figure out how do I support my thyroid and my metabolic health? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So now let's talk about what are some of the basics that you teach to support your body to have a good cycle. I know if they're listening to this, they're going to be like, Meg, I heard all this at the same time, but hopefully that's encouraging to know like, it doesn't matter who you are. If you're a practitioner, you're teaching the same things because Mm -hmm. it truly goes back to the foundational stuff. You just can't outrun the foundations. So I would say number one thing as a female, we've got to make sure that we're eating enough. And Mm -hmm. I'm talking about enough protein. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about carbohydrates and I'm talking about enough um, fat. So everybody's macros are different, obviously, depending on like their, you know, their goal, their stress, all that stuff. Yeah. So I'm not going to give numbers, but I would say like really making sure that each meal that you're doing, you're paying attention to, does it have a protein? Does it have a carb and does it have a fat? So every time you eat, you look, does that at least a protein and carb? I would say that's a bit, it's easy to get fat in a lot of meat and stuff and cheese. Yeah. That one, you don't have to worry about too much, a little, you know, cook with butter, things like that. Mm. So you just want to make sure, are you, what are your meals look like? Do I have my protein? Do I have my carb? Cool. I'm good to go. Mm. That would be my first, like number one focus, step one, you know, where phase one is doing that. I think then one of the most helpful thing for women is to make sure that we're eating within the first 35 minutes to an hour Mm -hmm. of waking. That is It's so, if you are not waking up with an appetite, it's a sign of stress. So we've got to make sure that we're eating enough food. And I would say the second thing that is always often missed, at least with my clients is lunch. It's like clients, Mm -hmm. like just don't know what to do about lunch. It's like, okay, prepare anything. And they got kids. Like they just got kids are at an office crackers and salami or some shit. Yeah. 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 It's so it doesn't have to be difficult, you know, eat leftovers, make a charcuterie board, enjoy a nice sandwich. Um, you know, just be careful not in consuming too much bread in one, you know, one day, um, carbs are great. I'm not saying carbs, I'm saying bread, um, like a nice sourdough sandwich or something like that. Um, so that would be my, my second thing is, are you getting breakfast within the first 30 minutes of waking? And are, are you getting lunch? I guess that's two and three, but my point is this is under an umbrella of blood sugar management that I'm, that I'm focusing on. When we have blood sugar dysregulation, it actually can impact our cycle a lot and our thyroid a lot. And so when we're 
have this blood sugar called dysregulation, it's going to put our body in much more stress than we need it to be. And Mm -hmm. that is going to uh, result in all these uh, irregular irregularities in our cycle. Mm -hmm. So first would be under the blood sugar management. We're looking at eating protein and carbs. We're looking at um, eating a breakfast within 35 minutes in an hour of waking and we're eating lunch. Just focus on that. I'm sure you'll have no problem getting in dinner. Mm. Um, the second thing that I, the second umbrella I really focus on is making sure that we're getting minerals in our body. This can go mm. a million different directions. So I'm just going to try to stay nice and easy here. Mm. Variety of food matters more than anything. You know, mm. do not be afraid of fruit. Fruit is your friend. It has a lot of yummy minerals like potassium in there and has vitamins like uh, vitamin C in there. So, and vitamin C plays a lot of uh, exchange with different minerals in our body, like copper. So it's crucial that we get enough minerals in our body. And one of the ways to do that is fruit. The other way to do that is salting your food. Salt is so mm-hmm. good for your body. It absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it only enhances things and it only enhances your actual ability to absorb and utilize minerals, keep your body hydrated, um, keep your adrenals well nourished. So that's those stress responses down and appropriately managed. So mm-hmm. I would say focusing on minerals is going to be really helpful. And then the other thing I would say is that can be really helpful for a especially if you're like, okay, Meg, I feel like I'm doing pretty good at those, but I need a little bit more like oomph in my, in my, in my care Mm. is making sure that your liver is working optimally and you're pooping daily. So drainage Mm. is huge here. Um, you, in your liver, you have phase one and phase two detoxification of, uh, estrogen. And then in your gut, you have phase three, uh, detoxification of estrogen. So we need to make sure that those are working optimally so that our hormones go, you know, are really, nice and level there. So how we can support our liver, you can wake up, you can drink warm water, you Mm. can do things like castor oil packs. I'm sure that you've talked about it. Mm. Uh, You can do things like uh, uh, drinking dandelion root tea, milk thistle tea or tincture. Um, and another great one is, um, dandelion milk. Oh, nettle, nettle tea. I love to have my clients do nettle tea post ovulation. If they're suffering from major heavy clotting, bleeding, um, I'll often do for the, like a little bit of liver support. I'll do dandelion root tea in the first half of your cycle post cycle. I'll do nettle tea and I'll do things like, um, like I said, like, um, uh, um, well, yeah, just a tea post ovulation. I'll just stay there. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that can actually be really great is ginger. I mm-hmm. use this a lot in my practice, like doing, um, uh, you know, ginger, uh, like you can grate it and put it in things you can, you know, drink it. And that's because when we have these, uh, really, especially the clients that have like major, uh, period poops and diarrhea and, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, heavy clotting and bleeding, it's, your body is producing something called prostaglandins, which is a wonderful thing, but an increase of prostaglandins can actually cause these like painful period symptoms. And ginger is actually wonderful at doing that and can also support um, estrogen detoxification um, with with managing the inflammation and prostaglandins. So that kind of falls under the liver um, umbrella. And then gut, you're supporting your gut by doing things like, I know you talk about the raw carrot salad. The raw carrot salad has nice fiber, in it, which is going to help you poop. It's going to help collect endotoxin and excess estrogen. Um, getting in cautiously, um, uh, um, 
uh, uh, probiotic rich foods. I would say like once a week is really great. Um, mm. things like sauerkraut, kimchi, um, uh, kombucha. These are all high probiotic rich foods. We need enough beneficial bacteria to actually help, um, manage, uh, the overgrowth of bad bacteria in our gut so that we're not recirculating estrogen and we're pooping and we're supporting mucosal lining that gut health. So things like, and I say not more than once a week, because if you're coming to a state of like uh, thyroid not working as optimally, that lactic acid can actually uh, kind of inhibit the thyroid from working optimally that uh, probiotics can have. So just try to do it like, you know, once a week, you know, getting that in there. Um, you can take a probiotic, you can look to take a probiotic. Um, and um, uh, throat coat tea is actually one of my other favorite things to utilize to support a really healthy um, digestive tract that slippery elm can help you go to the bathroom, it can help uh, relieve any constipation. So throat coat tea is just a, a tea, at least in the US that you can find very easily at like a CVS to a you know, mm. local grocery store. So I would say to kind of like, I recap, I'm so much like my dad where I'm like constantly recapping. <laughs> You're looking at blood sugar, you're looking at your minerals, you're looking at liver support, and then kind of in that liver support, those prostaglandins that we talked about, and then you're looking at gut support. And really the bigger thing that I was saying was like the probiotics and making sure you're pooping regularly. Perfect. That was so good, Meg. Thank you so okay. much. Yeah. And now we've covered a lot. Talk quickly about your course, your group coaching course that you've got. Yeah. So yeah. if you're like Meg, I really want to learn more about, you know, period health. It's only period health. That's where I have a major issue. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching for sure. Like you can see me if you want to do testing, GI map, HDMA, blood tests. I do all that as well. But I'm actually launching in August, the second round of Fix Your Period. It's mm -hmm. a group course. I'm actually looking at labs in this one. And mm -hmm. I give, I do hot seat coaching so you can come in. I'll look at your cycle. I teach fertility awareness methods. So I teach you all about the ins and outs of your cycle. I give you a protocol that's very helpful at mitigating the symptoms of like these heavy periods. And um, I really talk through a little bit more education than I obviously talk through now, but not enough to like scare you off where you're like, I'm not trying to be a practitioner. I just want to learn enough to like get through it. And I will say just to kind of like tell you how proud I am of this group. I had someone that had been taking Tylenol and aspirin every three hours the, oh my God. from day one to day three of her period it, with, within two months. So that's eight weeks. She didn't need it at all. And she had been doing that for years, so for good. years. Acne, so oh good. yeah. Her acne cleared up. She had no more diarrhea poops. Um, another one had like her, she's like, I haven't had a sex drive in forever. And she's like, I finally have a healthy sex drive, which her marriage is doing better from that. Another one was postpartum. She got her up period back and was ov ovulating after just like, oh. you know, months, like healthfully trying to give her body, but it just was not enough. Cause I talk a lot about macros in there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we got her ovulating again, which is really huge. So I I'm like, I am like, man, this is, this is really exciting. This, this group coaching, I'm really proud of it. And again, it's all for just your menstrual cycle. If you are having a hard time with ovulation symptoms or period symptoms, I know we didn't get into that too much. Um, mm -hmm. but those are, you know, check me out, check out the course. Anyway, if you don't do a course, yeah. She's great. She posts heaps of good stuff and she's just a good human. Um, do you want to add anything else we haven't discussed that you think we need to add or you're good? 
No, I think, you know, I think I, you're, it, it's so hard because there's so many different directions you can go. And I really wanted to try to stay base level one-on-one menstrual cycle with this. If we wanted to do part two and they want to hear more, I'm more than happy to do that where we can really get into like the specifics, but I'm mm-hmm. hoping that this is enough to, for you to kind of get to know, like, I need, I know she mm-hmm. said it twice now, like she said, her dad repeats, she kept repeating. So <laughs> like, Hopefully, you know, enough of like a little bit more of what's normal, what's not, and then seeking, you know, the steps of foundations. Mm-hmm. If you're doing the foundations and things are not working, then you can kind of m- navigate more of the symptoms. Cause like mm-hmm. I said, foundations matter. Of course, there are little herbs and things like that, that you can throw out to mitigate symptoms. But before you like, do that, yeah. yeah. I think like, what supplements can I take? And they're still not eating yeah. body breakfast and they're stressed as yeah. fuck. And- That's why I'm like, yeah. you can go on all these things, but like do the foundation. You're still not, do- you gotta eat, you gotta eat. You're not eating. Yeah, yeah. I love no. it. And it's interesting, yeah. like all the foundation stuff, like our course is obviously not specifically on the cycle, but it's about improving their body composition and their health issues. And we tell them to do the same shit. Yeah. You know, it's, so I'm saying yeah. like the more I learn, I've been now in my practice doing hundreds and hundreds of women for six years now. The more I'm like, this is get I well, I love the science. You don't need to know the science. I don't need to prove my education to you. What you need to know is this is what's normal. This is what's not normal. Yep. And if it's outside of that, go back to the foundations. If you're struggling, go work with yep. someone. Yeah, totally. And I think it's just, I think a lot of the time the coaching too is having that accountability and support and simplifying it so that you can focus on what actually matters, yeah. but it makes you show up and actually do it. Yeah. I feel like that's one of the biggest parts of why the coaching is so successful too, because yeah. especially like with moms and kids, like you're so likely to put yourself last and fill your own cup up last. Oh, I'm not going to do my food prep this week. I'm just going to skip breakfast tomorrow, but you know, you got to check in with your coach. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to do that shit. And you do it yeah. long enough that it becomes an internal habit. Then it's like, you learn family unit learns it. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah. mom's going to do this. It's not like pulling yeah. mom away. Nope. This is just what mom does. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Creating yeah. those life habits are, are massive for, and you know what? I was just telling some, a mom today who came to work with me and she said, I am the gum. I'm not even in the backseat. I'm the gum on the tire of my car. And it made me like get emotional because oh I am a mom. And I was like, oh you God. can't do that. And I was like, man, like your family feeds off your energy. And if you can take care of yourself and be fully present and, you know, seasons of life happen, hard days happen. But if you can really like create those habits, really own your health. Like your family is going to implement that. And like, as a mom, the number one thing I want my family to know is like, you need to take accountability of your own health. I can't always be there. So watch mommy do it. And then you start to implement that mommy rests. Mommy has a bedtime. Mommy has all this stuff. Then they know as well. Like, this is what we do. We take care of our bodies as Langston's like we do that. And then that's our family unit and structure. And then they go on to hopefully continue the, the spider web of health. Oh, that's so good. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Meg. Um, And as always, guys, take a screenshot of the episode, share it on Instagram stories. The biggest takeaway is tag me at K-I-T-T-Y-B-L-O-M-F-I-E-L-D. Tag Meg as well. And then each month I pick a winner and they get a tub of Satray premium collagen valued at $79. And we'll be back here next week. (laughs) 